Welcome to the Athlete's Compass Podcast, your North Star for mastering endurance training and holistic health. Join us each week as renowned sports scientist and founder of Athletica.ai, Paul Larson, along with athlete, coach, and sports scientist Mariana Rakai, and coach and cyclist Paul Warlowski, guide you through the maze of often confusing training principles. Make sure your compass is ready. Class is now in session. Hello, all. I'm Mariana Rakai. And as an age group athlete, the journey is both rewarding and challenging. We don't always see the path in front of us, but looking back, we can always connect the dots. Today, we share our personal experiences and lessons learned while navigating the world of endurance sports through the lens of two everyday athletes, Paul and myself. Joining us is also Professor Paul Larson, a seasoned expert in athletic training and in exercise physiology. Having led Olympic level athletes to age group athletes, athletes like ourselves, he'll share his thoughts on the drawbacks of the no pain, no gain philosophy, and will provide valuable insights into training smarter for better results and preventing injury and overtraining. So essentially, how did we get here? Here's our co-host, cyclist and coach, Paul Warlaski. Well, thanks, Mariana. And I have been a, a lifelong mid-pack kind of cyclist and athlete. I've had asthma all my life, and now I'm recovering from some heart surgery. I've always been um, really focused on results. And with some age and maybe a little bit of wisdom, um, I'm learning to just... Uh, enjoy the process of training and racing. Um, I look at it like uh, I have a lot of family in the Netherlands and I have spent a lot of time in Amsterdam visiting museums. And oftentimes I have done my training like I am traveling to a museum, just getting there and looking at the museum and getting all I can out of the Van Gogh Museum or whatever it might be. Instead of stopping along the way and looking at some of the cool shops and talking to some of the people um, along the way. And that's kind of how I want to do my training and racing. So I'm using Athletica now to train and do what I can, race some gravel, maybe do some cyclocross racing next season. I've always been able to train pretty well and my nutrition was pretty good um, my mental state, though, that cardinal direction has always been a little skewed towards results only. And so that's something that I'm working on. Mariana, what about you? Well, my story goes quite a ways back. I was um, growing up in North Finland. I was a cross-country skier and track and field athlete. Um, and... Closing into the senior ages, I got injured and quit. Uh, I had big hopes for going to Salt Lake Olympics in 2002, but kind of because of the injuries and all, I gave up and moved to Norway, cross-country skiing mecca of the world. <laughs> and um, ever since, I've kind of carried the chip on my shoulder of what could have been. And I never kind of dealt with the grief that comes with when you let go of your dreams. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and then jumping forward to 2015, um, I had had three kids in three and a half years. I was exhausted 
um, deeply into sleep deprivation, but something told me to sign up for this Olympic distance triathlon. Um, I had seen uh, triathletes train at Leblon Beach while we lived in Rio de Janeiro, and it looked so much fun to just like run into the ocean, go for a swim, come back out and run on the Leblon and Ipavanema Beach while I was pushing a stroller to stay awake. <laughs> it's just like ignited something in me. So 2015, I did my first Olympic uh, distance triathlon and it was the best three hours of my life. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun to like, just be there doing something just by myself and not being needed. So that was super refreshing as a mom of three little ones. Um, and yeah, it just totally ignited my, my passion for triathlon. And then I was struggling with my mindset that I could never ever like do longer distance than Olympic because it was, you know, 1.5K swim, then 40K or 30K. It's 40k ball, right? Um, 40k bike and yeah. then a 10k run. Because I told myself that I can never run a marathon because, you know, the excuse list, I'm too big, I'll get injured. Marathon is just way too long for me. But then I started, you know, um, questioning myself. And it was all the process that goes into it. And, and um, I basically just flipped the coin. It was a mindset thing. And I started questioning myself, okay, well, maybe I can do that if I start training and you know putting some consistency into it. Um, so I ran my first marathon 2018 in between moving from uh, BC to Dubai, no training. <laughs> but I did it to show myself that I, I could. And I kind of followed that road to show myself that I can do things that I thought I couldn't. Um, and then 2019, I did my first uh, full Ironman because why not? And <laughs> the, the whole time I was thinking, this is the best thing ever. Like I'm doing swim, bike, run, having so much fun. It was typical West Norwegian weather, rainy, thunder. <laughs> and um, I had so much fun. But, and here's the but, I wanted more of it. And I wanted to go faster. And that was kind of my Achilles heel to what was coming next. Um, I wanted to do another one, so I had to start training for it without recovering from the first one. And two months in the training, um, I got injured, so I got plantar fasciitis. And instead of like looking at the reasons why I got injured, I started training harder. So swim and bike, I was starting doing a lot, of, lot more high intensity training. And then just blindly just training, training, training. 
that led into all kinds of health issues, but I was completely blinded by my passion and my goals that I didn't care. I had a coach who always said health comes first. Um, but I didn't believe in it. I just wanted to race in Kona, the world championships, and that was all that mattered. And then, and this is why I say 2021, the best thing that happened to me was to get ill uh, in 2021, because it, that led to me actually, you know, taking those blinders off and looking at my own health, because I was not well. And um, I was diagnosed with overtraining, uh, dysfunctional HPA access, um, and had to take six months off from training. So I went from Ironman training to running very easy, three times a week for 30 minutes. <laughs> that was hard. That was mentally, it was mm. super, super hard. Uh, so that's what I did for six months. And then I found a professor, Paul Larson, who gently guided me back to health and back to doing what I really love to do, which is triathlon. So Mariana, what do you, you know, what are some things or what are one or two things that you have learned along the way and how does that, uh, help your daily training now? Oh, I am much more likely to go for a walk or do some yoga and listening to my body. Um, maybe, maybe I would say, I don't know if this is the old athlete talking, but sometimes maybe even a little too early, jump in the walking wagon. Maybe I could do a little bit more, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, typically, I send text to Paul and and ask what, what he thinks I should do that day. But I, I'm, I'm a lot better at listening to the, the warning signals that I get. Yes, you are. Yeah. So both of our paths have evolved. And while we may have lost our, our North Star coordinates at some points, the paths have led us to where we are today, sharing our experiences and knowledge with others who might be in the same boat. But let's hear from Professor Paul Larson, who is a coach and an avid athlete himself with 18 Ironmans under his belt. Paul, how has your athletic career evolved throughout the years? Mm, yes. Thanks, Mariana and Paul. Um, I guess, you know, we all start, we all have to start somewhere and I'm, I'm no different there. I, I started following my, my dad around when he was trying to quit smoking. I was a little kid and he was, he used marathon training to quit smoking. And, um, so from an early age, I started running and that was, um, and I found I, I had a, um, a knack for it and, um, on and on it kind of went and fat to, you know, until I was in my twenties and I was competing at a, a pretty high level and it was one of the best in my, in my region here in British Columbia. And I wanted to become a professional. I wanted to, uh, you know, um, do what Simon Whitfield did for Canada in terms of winning, winning Olympic gold. That was my, that was my goal, but that didn't happen. Um, I wasn't, you know, it, this is, we have to give some context. This is back in the eighties when really triathlon was really new on the scene. It's such an early sport. And no one really knew how to put these three three sports together. 
So um, it was just train hard and train as much as you can. That was the only philosophy anyone really knew. So I did the same. And of course, it didn't work for me. But that was, you know, what, you know, if I reflect now um, to being where I'm an old man, um, that was my journey. And at least to, the, to today, and it will continue to be. Um, and because I went on a, a crusade to learn how to uh, how to put the pieces of training together. And, and then I guess not just training it, it uh, my journey kind of continued it's not just training it's all the things that that mariana is really saying too here is i i learned that health is a big big component of that training so you know and and long story short 20 years is 10 years in australia 10 years in new zealand um you know two olympic cycles with the new zealand program um you know close to 200 publications in terms of really researching the science with my colleague Martin Bescheid, um, wrote a textbook, Science and Application of High Intensity Interval Training. So um, believe me, I, I definitely, you would think that I would be totally um, all in for high intensity interval training uh, and lots of it. And there probably was a time when I was, because I was seeing the results. But again, this health journey, and I have to, the, um, you know, I have to bring in one of my mentors, and that's Dr. Phil Maftone, who really is, he also went on this under this big understanding of, uh, or he, he taught many people that, that health should be first really. Uh, you know, he's, he's the, the infamous coach of uh, six time winner, Mark Allen. And um, when he, he, uh, I published a paper showing really how much fat you actually burn at high exercise intensities. And Phil's of course of, you know, a hero to me. And he emails me after doing this, this publication, congratulating me. And we, we formed this great relationship thereafter. And, and, um, and he taught me so much about, um, Mariana mentioned the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, this little region in your brain, the HPA axis, it really kind of gets out of whack and it, it, you know, it, it runs around, uh, it, it kind of links your, your nervous system to the hormones and he taught me all about that. And, and that's what I try to teach now as well. Um, uh, and the whole philosophy is around um, you can be fit, but you can be unhealthy. Uh, you can, in other words, even though you're putting out big power, you're performing incredibly, that can just change in an instant because and it's just not a sustainable um, model. And um, if you... Yeah, you, you, you know, we can learn that now or we can learn that later. And, you know, again, Marianne is a, a, a testament to that. I know she knows exactly what what I'm talking about. And um, and yeah, so it's like uh, and Paul, it sounds like you've had, had these same sort of experiences as well um, also. And, and myself too, right? So my personal best, those 18 Ironmans, the one, <laughs> believe it or not, out of 18, the, my best one came when I was 43 years of age going mm sub 10 in um in the taupo new zealand ironman which is one of the hardest ones so a sub 10 in taupo is is very good it's a top 50 performance and wow um, yeah and it's uh it's yeah it's a it was so imagine like being a great athlete as a young kid but then finally getting that ironman <laughs> right when i was 43 and again a huge credit to to dan plues as well Many, many will know he's a, a famous age group athlete that that's currently got the world record in both Kona and overall um, following him around on the 
in the, in the, you know, in the training that helped too, but no, no doubt. Um, also is, is the health aspects that, that Dr. Phil Naftone has taught me. And, and now my, yeah, I guess it's my, my life passion is to, is to, to try to promote that, um, with you two, um, to, to others. Well, thanks for sharing that, Paul and Mariana. But I, one question I have, I mean, it sounds like you learned a lot of different things, Paul. What's one thing that you carry with your work with Mariana and with others? What's one thing that, that informs your training the most right now? That, well, I guess it's, it's, it's still back to what we, we said, but it health first. Yep. Uh, and, it, and, with, and with that is is stress like understanding stress is the is the big one and then stress comes in so many different forms you can have um you know a nutrition stress paul you talked about um you know some of the um the nutrition uh you mentioned that um but you also talked about your asthma and, and these sorts of things too right so um that's there's there the holistic practitioners would think well maybe you still haven't tackled that if that asthma is still sort of a problem and there might be still something that you want to uncover that that is affecting that so it's to me it's um it's a very general answer to your question but it's it's understand trying to um understand what the the stressors are that are affecting the athlete that might be um, derailing their progress moving forward. Um, so getting them back so that, you know, the helping them find their compass again. So health isn't just being able to exercise. It's like kind of a cornerstone of our lives. Let's dive into why prioritizing health impacts every aspect of our daily routines from work and relationships. So Mariana, how do you think in, in, in general and maybe specific terms about your health? Um, I kind of want to go back to what the prof just mentioned about understanding stress and how that can affect you as an athlete. Um, because like going through, like connecting my dots, I realized it wasn't just the training stress. It was also that I was sleeping poorly. I would wake up drenched. I was just sweating so much during the nighttime. And that leads to bad sleeps, right? And bad recovery. But then it's also, so uh, when we moved to Dubai um, 2018, that was really the first time that I had a chance to put some time into training because all my three kids went to same school. Um, so I had that time during the day to really put in the work and I did, but I also had to function as a mom of those three little ones after 3 PM and their hobbies and, you know, run the household. So that's also a stress, but what a lot of people don't understand in big cities like Dubai, um, there's some natural pollution, like. Uh, dust from you know it's it's in the desert so there's a lot of sand dust and all kinds but also like pm 2.5 which is the small particle bad pollution that get into our bloodstream and a lot of people in dubai who do cycling running 
triathlon, they don't connect the dots that it's the air pollution affecting. It's it's the stress, the environmental stress that is also put in to the stress part, you know? So um, it's incredible. Every time I leave, I left Dubai, now we've moved. Um, but every time I left Dubai, I felt so much better because I wasn't breathing in that horrible pollution for hours at end. Um, and depending on the season in Dubai, the winter season is actually a lot better for air, air pollution. Like it's more clear and less pollution. But then the summertime when it's super hot and humid, it just like sits over the city like a blanket. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's horrible for your health. So now that I've connected the dots, um, it was just too much of stress to put in, in a human body. So, um, no wonder I was getting injured. I was sick every other month. And even when we started working together with the prof, I would struggle with getting sick and these horrible headaches and going into Ironman Finland (laughs) 20 last year, 2023, Three weeks before the race, uh, we had a call and I, I think I said something like, I don't think I can do this race because <laughs> I was struggling with such a headache and Paul said, don't be silly. <laughs> I, I think I said like, maybe I'll just do swim and bike because I couldn't run in that heat. And yeah, so my training wasn't optimal, but I took, I took almost an hour off my, uh, my time and uh, qualified for Kona, which I sadly had to say no to because I was already going to the 70.3 World Championships. So just like connecting the dots that health is everything, like you can't perform. You, I would say you can, for a certain amount of time, you can perform if you're struggling with health, but at the end, it will come and bite your bum for sure. Um, if I could just extend on what you said, Mariana, that's, uh, you know, every time it was so, it was just so consistent with, you know, every time you would remove yourself from your environment in Dubai, whether it was going to Finland, you know, and having that, that clean air and that kind of nature environment or coming to, you know, British Columbia, um, and, uh, and again, you know, you would just light up and it would just like speak to your soul. And it was, it was just like, it was, you were a night and day athlete and performance was also interestingly directly correlated with the environment that you were in as well. So it did, it, you know, you were a great example showing that, um, your performance did actually link right to the, to the health. Um, so yes, absolutely. We are human, human beings are such resilient creatures. We can operate in these environments for, for, um, you know, certain amounts of time, but eventually, yeah, that stress just amounts and amounts and amounts and we need relief from it. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's really, uh, that's, that's what we love to try to help people um, to, to do is to, to, um, go on their own journeys, their own personal journeys in finding relief and recovery from that stress, uh, because the body wants to, the body wants always to return to what we call in physiology, homeostasis or balance. 
So um, that's uh, that's what we hope to help to help people facilitate in the in this podcast. Yeah, so, and if, if if I can expand on that, mm-hmm. uh, just showing how like um, performance improves when your health improves is that I took six months off from training, and then when we started working together with Paul, it was three months and I did my best half Ironman podiumed and I felt incredible like absolutely incredible um while I had maybe trained a lot more putting myself into the overtraining hole but I felt completely trash most of the days and it's just a night and day um feeling like I was constantly just sick and I was tired and I was cranky with family and like (laughs) going to pick up the kids was just like an ordeal and um funny thing was when so I went to see an endocrinologist to try to figure out what was wrong I had got sick with COVID and I struggled to get back even on a a short walk, my heart rate would jump up and I'm like, this is not right. I was so frustrated. So I went to see an endocrinologist and a sport medicine doctor. And the endocrinologist, she ran a couple of tests. Um, maybe the prof, you can, you know, the tests that they do to check if your cortisol can jump up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. They, they gave me this synthetic hormone that was supposed to boost my cortisol. And it didn't do anything. So she's like, hmm, Googling like overtraining symptoms. And I'm like, overtraining, ah, that, it can't happen to me. I'm just an age group athlete. Like there's no way I, I can put myself into the overtraining train. I was thinking, because I had, I had read about overtraining and I always thought that that just happens to like elite athletes, professional athletes. Not, you can't do it as an age group athlete. Um, so I didn't take her word for it. So I went to see a sport medicine doctor and she's like, yeah, I think based on these symptoms and what you're telling me, I think you're overtrained. So why don't we just, you know, take it easy for a while and see if your blood work can stabilize. So that was pretty tough because somebody was medical professional was telling me to stop training and I love training, (laughs) you know, like it was, it was like, it was really purposeful for me because now I felt like I was actually putting in the work that I had expected myself to do when I was cross country skier in my youth and quit. So carrying that chip on the shoulder, um, it was there. And sitting on the couch, napping twice a day. And funny story is, I really wanted to see, before I like went to see my sport medicine doctor again, to say yes or no to this uh, detraining protocol that she suggested, um, I wanted to see how, just how tired I, I was. So I quit <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I, like, I love my coffee. Um, and I've, I've tried quitting coffee once with the, yeah, 
with that terrible headache withdrawals and so that's like the least thing like I don't want to do that ever again but I did because I wanted to see how how tired I was and how much that the tiredness I'm masking with coffee drinking so, <laughs> so I was napping twice a day no coffee <laughs> I was just like miserable. My kids were like, mom, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm not drinking coffee. I would take the coffee grinds and like sniff the coffee grinds. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I realized that, yes, maybe there is a point to my tiredness and um, quite fitting because I call myself tired mom runs. Um, but just taking some time off and then gradually building up, I was able to do a 45-minute run. Then we added some strength training into mix, which I think was really key to preserve my muscle mass um, and help coming back. And then we added some biking into it. So six months went by and my, my doctor said, like, I think you're, you're, you're good. Um, and what was important to me was to find a coach that um, understands human physiology and how important uh, stress management is and putting the health on the driver's seat. And, you know, and that really sparks, you know, my recent story from this year is that I had been having symptoms of ventricular tachycardia, which I didn't even know what it was. My heart was just beating out of my chest. And I'd been having symptoms when I rode, when I sat around and been having a lot of symptoms and I ignored them all because, <laughs> yeah. you know, being the stubborn athlete that we are, I was just like, yeah, this is just something, you know, it's stress or whatever it might be. But then, um, finally there was one ride that I did with a group where I got dropped quickly and I had nothing in the tank and I, you know, barely made it up this hill. And I decided that at that point, after a couple other little symptoms happened that I had better get this checked out. And when I went in and got the initial tests, the doctor looked at me and he said, Paul, you know, it's a good thing you're not dead. And that was kind of a wake up call. Um, just that I needed to ta a, take this seriously but B, also having to adjust my training and my, the way that I do things to accommodate whatever is going on with the heart. It's been fixed since then with an ablation, but that recovery has still been way longer than I, than I um, have wanted it to be or that you know, I expected. Um, Paul Larson, you know, what are some of your methods? You know, both of us, both Marianne and I have, are, we, we push a lot. Um, what are some of your methods to keep athletes healthy while still pushing our boundaries to reach new performance levels? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big, big question, as you might imagine, Paul. Um, and just, just, uh, before I go down there, just to further emphasize then, you know, um, there's just a, there's a lot of athletes that will relate also to you, Paul, in terms of having that ventricular tachycardia, AFib, uh, issues. I know my, my dad has that as well as a, uh, you know, a lifelong athlete as well. He's, he's in his, 
late seventies now, but he, he, he deals with that on a daily basis with his, his riding that he still continues to. So, and, um, and it's frustrating follow the slow twitch forums and those sorts of things. And there's, you know, there's no shortage of people that are talking about that issue as well. Um, so, but yeah, it's when you, when you arrive and you realize that you have something that you want to address, um, you from a health standpoint, some of the first things we might look at, uh, in terms of key pillars would certainly be the nutrition and, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, philosophies that are out there in, in the world of nutrition. And, um, you know, I think carbs are certainly known to be king, but I, and I don't really want to go too down the road. I can, we, we certainly can, like I've, I've gone full keto, I've gone vegetarian, I've done everything under the, under the sun. Right. So in terms of my own experimentation, um, but at the end of the day, the very, very simple um, thing that you can do uh, it, w w that we all should be doing, right, is, is eating whole foods first, right? Like here's an, here's an almond from a tree. Here's, a, here's an apple from one of the, you know, the orchards that are not too far away from me and stuff. So try to eat local and try to eat whole foods, right? And that can be, um, you know, Whole, whole animals, if possible, if you've got farm access, and that can be, um, you know, things that are close to uh, or, organic. I'm a huge fan of, of organic and non-GMO foods. Um, so that is, that's one thing you can certainly check first. Keep in mind, if, if we do have, you know, Franken foods or GMO foods, you don't, you just don't really know what, you know, molecules and whatnot are coming into the system. And these can be um, potentially creators of some of the, the these these issues so that's just that's one that's one thing and a, there's a there's a we can go down this in in subsequent ep episodes and really get into the nuts and bolts of these things but number one i get i i check nutrition with individuals and um and i look at how how balanced and how whole food that that might be uh, secondly i i you know again to you know mariana's uh cases and whatnot i check on stressors I check on, you know, how are we sleeping? Um, what is the environment that you're in? Um, you know, even things like, um, you know, EMFs are starting to become recognized that we should be careful about the, you know, the radio uh, EMFs um, that are that are around us as well. So, you know, there's there's just so many various different environmental factors that we can look at. Are you exiting your you know, your online medium, are you getting, trying to get out in some form, getting outside with fresh air, with vitamin D on your skin, um, you know, um, and then we can talk about uh, breath work, for example. So we can start, you know, working on breathing through our nose, um, paying attention to our breath, granting awareness of our breath, um, because the respiratory system is directly linked to the um, to, to the cardiovascular and nervous system. So we can actually control our heart rate if we link in our mind with our, with our breathing. So there's another podcast we could do in the future. Um, you know, things like water immersions, uh, float, flotation, meditation. We can talk about this little area in the brain that's, that scientists have discovered called the default mode network that really links all of these things and um, controls our monkey minds that have gotten away from us, especially in the tech world that were, you know, and 
you know, myself, I'm myself <laughs> very much included, right? In the world of world of AI, et cetera. But it's it's really about it comes down to balance and that homeostasis. We if this is the world we're in, but we need to be able to move back and forth between between the two, and that's that that enables this this balance in us. Um, and of course, the exercise, right? And this is what we're all about with uh, with Athletica to 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 throw a plug in there. But it's like, what is the optimal exercise training that I can do for me, and um, in in accordance with my with my own goals, and and what type of exercise is that too, right? Is it um, how stressful is that? We you know we don't want to get too much of the high intensity training, but we do want to get some. So where's the balance of that? And um, and that's that's up to each individual in tor- in terms of their context. Um, so I think those are probably the largest pillars. Paul, just to review, would be the exercise and the type. Uh, it'd be the nutrition. It would be the overall global stresses, and and that can include family, um, you know, emotional, psychological sort of stuff, like what's going on at home too, right? Like, st- again, stress comes in so many different forms. Um, and, and yeah, and like it's, you know, meditation and, and, and sleep and those all go, all go hand in hand. Well, and that seems like a great segue to, to talk with Mariana. You know, this is our brand new podcast. This is our first episode and Mariana, you created our amazing logo. Um, what's the point of this podcast? What's the point of the, of the logo and, and the background behind it? Well, I think we were thinking or or when we were talking about having the podcast was to be able to guide our everyday athletes uh, in their quest, whatever their their quest is, whatever their goal race is or goal with their exercise journey. And it has to have the health aspect in it. I think we all agree. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, so taking the everyday athlete lens and looking at training, fitness and health and within the health, we have these different coordinates like sleep, nutrition, uh, mindset. Did I forget something? No. Um, and really just like help everyday athletes guide their and navigate their, their journeys. Paul, what would you add to that? I I think it's really that simple. Like, you know, I think Mariana, Mariana nailed it. It's, um, it is, this podcast is all about the athlete. This podcast is all about the, the journey the athlete is on, um, and we hope that a lot of the stories that, that are coming in, athletes are going to resonate. It's going to resonate with them, and they're going to be able to kind of um, develop their own skills to be able to check themselves and consider, well, hmm, have I, am, I, am I doing that practice in my, own, in my own world, in my own life, right? Um, how am I, you know? And, and then, because this is, this is one of the key things that I, when I coach my athletes, and Mariana, you can agree or disagree with this, but I try to teach you how to develop your own feel for training. We use, you know, we use Athletica and the guidance to, uh, for the plan. But my, I mean, my teachings for you um, as, as one of my athletes, Mariana, is to teach you that feel in terms of being able to make and adjust your training in accordance with your context 
in accordance with the the situation that's in front of you. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's, um, I believe that's the gift that a good coach should be giving their athletes. So that's what we as a team, I believe we want to empower you as the listener with, with that, that same service. That's, I believe, that's, I believe our goal. Like ultimately, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, I, I'm thinking further, but it's like, this should be the whole package for you at, at Athletica to have a, have a $1,500 a month coach in your, in your pocket in terms of the training and in terms of the, um, you know, the, the teachings, I, I think this is, you know, we want to give you a level of that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us today for our first episode and we will be back next week. Look forward to it. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Mariana. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Athlete's Compass podcast, your guiding light through the complex world of training for your endurance sport. For a deeper dive into the science, listen to our companion podcast, the Training Science Podcast, and check out the AI adaptive training platform, athletica.ai. Thanks.